listening to Foundry Church's weekly podcast, where our singular focus is to help people know, follow, and share Jesus. Our hope is that today's message would help you to encounter the living Christ in a new and transformative way. start with a few things I love. I love that every day this week when I came to the campus for Vacation Bible School that there was a line of cars, that, there were, that, that, that we had to hire uh, traffic officers in the summer on every weekday because we had so many people here, that, that the seats in here looked like an Easter Sunday. We had so many seats in here, that, that kids were full of life and energy, um, that volunteers our team of volunteers um, did an amazing job. Our, our staff and volunteers this week to make um, another great week of Vacation Bible School so transformational for, yes, just give, give them a hand and give them thanks. And um, So I want you to see some highlights. We, we have a little highlight reel. I want you to watch this from the week. I don't 
don't smell too bad. You know, they got me. The reason that they were um, pouring slime on us was that we issue a challenge to our kids every year. And um, the, the, the reason is that we don't want, we want, I mean, they have an amazing time of fun all week, right? Uh, but, but Vacation Bible School is much more than that. It is a chance for our kids to grow in their faith and to put their faith in practice. And so our kids um, do an amazing job every, every summer uh, raising money for missions. And the mission that we chose this year was the same mission that uh, Karen spoke about earlier in the service in the video, House of Mercy, uh, where we're gonna have the, the mission trip this summer. I would encourage you families to do that. But, but listen, our kids raised almost just under $10,000 this, this week and last week combined. Um, and, and that money is gonna make a huge difference um, there with our partner mission at the orphanage in Mexico. So big shout out to them. Our, other, our student mission team, as I said, is, has deployed to Florida this week. It's a, it's a great summer and a lot of fun, and, and thank you again to all of those who pitched in. Uh, we kicked off this series before I do that, let me mention one thing. Um, just all of, all of that is, is only possible because people give financially uh, to the work of God here at Foundry. So uh, just remember um, to give through the summer and the summer months when attendance is a little different because people are traveling. Uh, you can give online by text or by mail, or if you're here in person, you can give at the boxes at the exits. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for the way that you're moving, for the way that you've been at work this week and continue to work in our hearts. Lord, we pray that this summer would be a time of, of your spirit awakening, awakening us to uh, what you wanna do in us, to hope and life and joy. Uh, God, that that would invade us, um, not just our kids, but invade every one of us, that we would grow to love you and to know you and to live passionately for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're doing a little different this summer. Uh, our summer playlist series we kicked off a few weeks ago. Uh, the pastors are just picking some of our favorite scriptures or, or stories or sermons that we preach. And so um, I kicked, I, last week I did a little trivia. We're gonna do that again. So I wanna throw that on the screen. Um, just test your summer because there is no better, uh, you know, Christmas maybe, Christmas maybe rivals summer as, as far as playlists, but we're gonna test your, your music knowledge, your summer playlist knowledge. So go ahead and scan that QR code and we'll see as you load and then there are gonna be a, a couple of questions. Um, and just a reminder through this series, uh, we are bouncing back and forth between campuses. So if you go back and forth between our two campuses, you might just hear the same message twice. But as I said, maybe, you, maybe God's trying to tell you you didn't pay attention the first time if you hear it twice. Uh, just know that. And we're having a little fun with this. Um, so I don't know. I, I have memories of some of my favorite. Do you have your favorite summer songs you remember? By the pool at the beach or wherever it was with the top down on the car and the music up and and just, it, it draws us back to childhood memories, and I wanna talk about some of those childhood memories, but let's do this, let's do this first. You guys are launched in there, okay. I think we're good, we'll go ahead and do the first question, and uh, this is one of my favorite summer songs. It reminds me of high school, for sure, um, and it is summertime, The Fresh Prince outlined the optimal speed for cruising around Philadelphia in one's 
freshly waxed car, what was that speed? Can you remember? Was it 60 miles an hour, 36 miles an hour, two miles an hour, or 11 miles an hour? Enter your votes, everyone has voted. It was two miles an hour, so everybody sees you. Do I need to sing this song? No, you don't want that, you don't want that. I'm a little disappointed in that answer right there. All right, we're gonna go to the next question. The next question is maybe a favorite for some of you. Um, it was in the top 10 in America, but Summer Nights was number one in 1978. It was a duet between John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. How many, how many lines were sung by other characters in Greece? How many lines were sung? None, three, five, or seven. I should have given you more time. That was harder, longer. It was actually seven. It's more than a duet, right? If you have seven people singing. All right, now to our final question, and this one kind of sets up our message today. Our final question is, all right, ready? You guys are failing right now, so. John Cougar, Jack and Diane, what are they eating outside the Tasty Freeze? Do you all remember the song, right? It's a good summer song. Jack and Diane. Ice cream, chili dog, tater tots, or french fries? We'll see. You're gonna age yourself. Yes, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's a catchy song, isn't it? Jack and Diane just kind of sets you in a certain mood, and it resonates with a lot of us if you know the song, um, because they're small town, um, small town young lovebirds uh, with the whole world ahead of them, right? It resonates with us because it captures the essence of a generation, time when dreams seemed within reach, when nothing was impossible. There's this youthful spirit right, in that song, and, and here's the deal. There's a youthful spirit that resides within each one of us. There's a youthful spirit that resides within each one of us. And what I wanna argue with you today and what Jesus makes pretty clear is that one of the enemies of our spiritual life is actually growing up in the wrong ways. You see, childlike faith is what Jesus calls us to. Summer kind of invites us to that, doesn't it? Now, childlike faith is different than childish faith, right? We don't wanna stay in second grade in our faith forever. But Jesus knows that kids question. They explore. They have this curiosity. There are mysteries to encounter. Adults, you know, we're not always really good with that. Somewhere along the line, we teach ourselves to hide, we teach ourselves to act too serious, to never be vulnerable enough to admit that we don't have all the answers, to seek for them from one who does. And so, I think this encourages us to jump into the scripture and what Jesus says in this simple little line that's so profound in Matthew 18. Why would he say this? Why would he say this about childlike faith? First of all, let's set some context. The disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Kind of an odd question, really. It's a disturbing question, really, that Jesus' closest disciples were still so off in what Jesus had come to do and what he was teaching that at this point, 
they still don't get it. They're still thinking about who's going to be, you know, on the ticket for vice president, right? When Jesus comes into his kingdom, they want to know who's at his right, who's at his left. They want to know what greatness looks like. And Jesus says, greatness looks different than the world says. Greatness is not an ascent, but it is a descent. It is a humility. And so this is what leads Jesus to say this. He calls a little child among them, places a child in front of them, and he says, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Now, Jesus is saying that unless you change, as an adult, the older you get, unless you change, unless you resist the pull of this world to, to burden you with many of the things that come with growing older, that you will miss the essence of the kingdom. And so I want us to do something, friends, today. I want you to do something. I want to invite you. This should be fun, okay? So smile a little bit. Stay with me, okay? It's okay. Church, church shouldn't be boring. <laughs> church shouldn't be dull. Church should invite us into joy. It should invite us into the adventure of following God. And so that's what I want you to do today. I want you to remember. I want you to remember your childhood, at least the good parts of it. I know childhood can be difficult for some of us. I think sometimes we get stuck in this nostalgia of the good old days as well, and it helps us, it, it prevents us from really capturing what God wants us to, to remember about childhood. So remember the, the feeling for a second. You're in elementary school. You know, you're in fourth or fifth grade, and the bell rings. They still have bells. They're like weird. They're not like real bells anymore, are they? The bell rings on the last day of school, and you know School's out for summer, right? They, actually, did you, speaking of school's out for summer, did you see this video? Like, I wish that I could, like, Paul Babb, I thought of you when I saw this, I gotta say. Uh, because these dads got a little garage rock band together. Have you seen this? It was on TikTok and YouTube. Like, show the video for a second. These guys, on the last day of school, he ran straight to his room after that, right? Can you imagine? But that's, that's what it looks like to embrace the, the fun, maybe at the expense of your own kids. Father's Day ideas, right? Who doesn't love a good dad joke, right? I don't always tell dad jokes, but when I do, I roll. There's my one for today. That's, that was worse than the reaction. I expected more. <laughs> so remember as a child the things that we didn't have. And we were okay with it, right? Like, 
Like, there's hand sanitizer everywhere now, and for good reason, I get it, right? But we didn't have hand sanitizer when we were kids, did we? Did anybody remember having hand sanitizer? No, what we had, my mom would spit on her hand, and she would just wipe whatever was on me, right? I mean, in church, I remember this happening, right? You didn't have hand sanitizer. You had mom's spit, and it was good enough. We didn't have bottled water, right? Did anybody? We didn't have bottled water when I was a kid, you, you, I mean, you would drink out of the garden hose, right? And that, like, I have this weird, like, I actually like the taste of, like, rubber-flavored water. Now, I don't know, it takes me back. I don't really like it, but it's like a memory. If I think about it, how gross that was, really, right? That old garden hose and their water coming at you. But you did. At least I did. I don't know. Maybe that explains some things. You have uh, lots of... You know, like car seats today, right? If you go back far enough, there weren't car seats either. Like you, maybe, like I remember my granddad had this El Camino and it had the old vinyl seats, right? You remember those? So like in the, in the, in the winter, it would get cold and you would just like slide from side to side. You didn't have a seatbelt on, you just slide from side to side. In the summer, it would just get hot and you just stick there. You didn't need a seatbelt in the summer because you were stuck to the sea. You couldn't go anywhere. You remember like those things and how much life changes and how serious we can get. It can, it can be good for our soul to, be, uh, to, to invite laughter. And summer's a great time to do this. So what, what makes kids, what makes kids the model that Jesus says they are to enter the kingdom? For us to change, to become like kids, is what Jesus invites us to. What is it? Well, I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna suggest three things to you about childlike faith that I think are at the heart of what Jesus is saying. The first is that kids have this insatiable, uh, insatiable curiosity, don't they? You know this as parents, right? There's this curiosity. Kids question, explore, they seek to understand the world. There is no limit to, their, to the number of questions they will ask. Right? Like, so we're in the process of adopting two elementary kids. We were about to be empty nesters, and we're in that process. Like, I re-entered a world that I had forgotten about with questions. It's like, for Pete's sake, one more question, right? But there's something rich about that that we should, as adults, embrace. That in our faith, that we would approach our relationship. What if we approached our relationship with that same level of curiosity? What if we read the Bible and prayed, and when we didn't understand something, we asked God? We sought the answers. We didn't always get them. We don't always get them from God, right? But what if you, your hunger for truth was the same? What if you asked as many questions as kids ask? What if you were as curious as children are? What would it do for our spiritual journey if we woke up every day with this kind of curiosity engaging the world? Kids also live with a persistent hope, right? That's why we love superheroes, right? I mean, the impossible is possible. What, what, what is this? The, children possess a remarkable ability to hope against all odds, to believe in the impossible, to trust in miracles, to cling to hope. Even in the face of great adversity, childlike faith beckons us to this, to adopt this same kind of tenacity of hope, right? Hope is a powerful thing when you hold on to hope. 
And hope has a lot to do with not, not whether you have challenges in your life, but what do you focus and fix your attention on the most? Hope means that I, hope means that I don't let the obstacles prevent me from seeing the good. But yes, there will always be good and there will always be bad in our lives. And embracing the good and reminding ourselves of the good and, and living into the good and creating the good in other people's lives as well. Creating, being dealers of this kind of, of hope for others. That nothing, nothing is impossible. That, that it is good, even as we face trials and challenges and disappointments, that childlike faith compels us to hold on to hope, to place our trust in God's goodness that at the end of the day, God wins, that we know the end of the story, and therefore we can hold on to hope that even though life can be challenging, we have this unfailing God. But I think most importantly, and at the heart of what Jesus is saying, is a dependent trust that children have, a dependent trust that children have. Children possess this remarkable ability to trust without any reservation. Like when they're raised in a healthy environment, right? And dad's just as a little, your little note for today, the blessing, the blessing, the power, the power that your words have on your kids, no matter what age they are, the power, the potential, that it can unlock when you bless your kids with your words, when you bless your kids with your presence, when you bless your kids by even apologizing and asking forgiveness when you need to, that it's never too late to do that. But when raised in this healthy environment, when, when, when there's nurture and, and kids by default, by default, kids will lean into trust. Kids will trust the goodness in people. And our Heavenly Father, listen, is inviting us to trust Him in the same way. Now, I realize some of our, our relationship to God is all tangled up in our relationship to our Heavenly Father. Not all of us have had positive influences in our lives as earthly fathers. But if you've experienced that of a loving father, a caring father, then you've experienced just a little taste of what our Heavenly Father is. If you haven't, then I know that there's this innate hunger, there's this natural hunger for that. And we can either get angry that our dads didn't live up to something that we needed in our lives, or we can realize, recognize that the... <laughs> that that wiring is in us because we have a heavenly father who we were made to know. We have the creator of the universe, friends. Consider the stars, consider the heavens, consider the beauty of nature, consider the, the complexity in microbiology, consider what our God has created. And yet he, he says that his greatest design is the relationship that he designed us to have with him that of all of creation that he created us and said it was very good. Created us to know him, to walk with him, to experience the joy of knowing who our creator is. That as adults, we turn this into religion, but Jesus is inviting us into a, simple, a simpler faith and dependent trust. Now, 
We all know kids aren't naturally uh, humble, actually. Um, our first word is mine, often, right? We learn that word very quickly, don't we? And so what I think this recognizes is that it's, it's not a subjective thing. It's, a, it's an objective reality. You see, even when our kids don't think that they're dependent on us, the reality is they are. The reality is our kids can't manage life without, at a, at a young age, they can't manage life on their own. They are dependent on, they're dependent on their parents. They're dependent to be cared for. Their basic needs, they depend whether, whether or not they recognize it and, or acknowledge it. And so the question for us today is, will we choose to acknowledge our need that is a need, that's a reality, regardless of what you feel or think, you have, you are dependent on God. The question is, will you depend on him? Will you trust him? Will you turn to him? Or will you continue to play the childlike game of hide and seek, hiding from God, hiding from your true self, hiding from who you are? Or will you, you know, embrace a childlike faith? A childlike faith that reminds us that, that the deep end is a good thing. Anybody remember, like, one of the things I loved in this, about the summer was more time at the pool. More time at the pool was a good thing, right? I mean, they have, like, this thing called adult swim, I think, now, or, like, safety break. We, we, all, the, all the kids, like, have to get out of the pool. In some places, they let, like, little grandma with her hat, like, stay in the pool and swim. Like, that's ridiculous. That's crazy, right? As a kid, like, you never want to get out. Like, safety break is the worst time at, pool, at the pool, right? There's something about um, summer and the pool and the beach and all of these things that in, in, invite us to a youthful spirit, to invite us to engage life in a different sort of way. And so I want you to, to hold on to a couple of images when you think about Jesus' words to us and then how it relates to us. You see, I believe that there are people that embrace, that engage faith in, in a couple different ways. First of all, there are toe dippers. You know the person that just goes to the edge of the pool and tips their toe in the water? Has to be very careful about testing it out before they jump in. It's like very gradual, like, I don't remember the deep end being an obstacle. You know, when you're a kid, like as soon as you could get there, you would run and you would what? Did you tip your toe in the water? No, you jumped in. Cannonball right off the side, right? It didn't matter. You didn't think about how cold it might be or what. You just jumped in. There are other people, there are some people in life that engage faith this way. Really cautious, really careful, questioning everything and never really jumping in, not wanting to release. This is an issue of control, friends, when it comes to our spiritual lives. There are others who I would say are, are, are more like, you could describe them as wave riders, right? It's the next new thing, it's the next fad, it's the next hot thing, it's what can you do for me, God, lately? How... Now, like I love the, the idea of surfing. Do you notice that? Like I love the idea of surfing. 
Like I've tried it a couple times and I just decided there were better ways to use my time because I wasn't very good at it. But, but I love the idea of surfing and you know, wave riders, whatever the new thing is that's come around, they're really into it for a while. And it seems really cool, but, but their faith is not grounded because they don't go deeper than just an experience or an emotional encounter. You see, instead, what I think God is inviting us to, instead of toe dipping or wave riding, I think God is inviting us to be deep divers in our faith. You ever been like snorkeling or scuba diving somewhere, where, like somewhere beautiful? Like, I remember two, two times in particular. The first time was on our honeymoon when we were in Jamaica. And then a few years ago, we went to Hawaii. Now, it's beautiful. The water's beautiful. Everything's beautiful to begin with. But when you put the snorkel on, when you put the mask on, and the water is beautiful, but you see a whole other world when you go under the water with a mask, don't you? All of that beautiful, amazing, everything that was already there, but you never realized it because you didn't get in the water. Friends, it would be a tragedy in our spiritual life if we, if we didn't dive deeper with God, trust him wholeheartedly, invite him to awaken parts of us that maybe we've put to sleep, and so I wanna ask you to do that today. Um, will you depend on him? Here's your assignment, here's your application for today, for this week, for this summer, okay? I want you to take a lawn chair in the backyard, at the pool, at the beach, wherever you have to go, to be quiet, to be still, to take, you know, a flavor ice or a bomb pop or whatever it is to make you feel like, you know that does it, right? The popsicle, right? Whatever it is, it's gonna take you back to that place and you get in that place with God and you ask yourself, am I letting God speak to me? Am I letting God have his say? And you ask God, what do you want from my life? Not just to go through the motions. Let me ask you to bow your heads with me. Lord, what do you want from us? What do you want from our lives Help us, Lord, not to live in this, this place of shallow faith. Lord, remind us today that you are a God of adventure. You're a God of joy. You're a God who brings life. And I pray right now for those who have carried heavy burdens, heavy loads, that we would move into a season of rest, a season of joy, a season of freedom, a season of life, God, that we would dive into faith in a deeper way. Not in, not in the surface level, shallow ways that we're tempted to engage our faith, but in a deeper way in a wholehearted way, because God, if you are who you are, the creator of the universe who dwells with us, who lives with us, whose spirit is here 
now speaking hope and speaking healing and speaking life, the one who holds the end together, who puts all things right again. And God, there is nothing, we acknowledge it, there is nothing else that we need but you. We know that you have all things. And so Lord, help us just in an, in an act of obedience how the Spirit is leading us today just to acknowledge our trust for dads, for moms, for grandparents, for, for us to embrace childlike adventure and curiosity and trust and hope to depend on the one who loves us and who is good. And so Lord, I pray that you'd speak to your people. I pray that you'd draw us out of complacency and apathy into rich, deep, abiding life. It's in your name we pray. We are so grateful that you joined us today and invite you to visit us online at foundrychurch.org for more information on how you can worship, serve, and get connected with us.